coronavirus. Should you panic? What should you do? Well, you're going to have to keep watching to find out because we brought on a special guest to this episode just for you and a doctor of infectious disease. So keep watching because we're going to give you the ins, the outs, and the solutions that you need to put in place. Don't go anywhere. What I'm going to say about the coronavirus is that the topic is coming from, um, you know, just for people to know, I'm an infectious disease doctor. I, I, am, um, I work in a hospital, uh, which is a large hospital, 700 beds with a, a large emergency. And right now we are uh, dealing with this epidemic of uh, coronavirus, which actually started in China and has spread uh, because we are now all connected and travel is something inevitable and so people really move from one side to the other. Um, so what I'm gonna say uh, is what is known right now in the sense that uh, this is a completely new strain so we are starting to get to know about it uh, and our experience is coming from what we heard from China, from the, the, um, the epidemic that is happening there. With that said, uh, and without any judgment or anything, we have to say that this is coming from China. So we don't have uh, direct information because they manage that information. Um, what we know is that this is not a, uh, a new virus to human in the sense that we are always had coronavirus and there there are like four groups of coronavirus two of these big groups has always happened in humans and the other two groups happen in animals and so in animals uh they always you know have this virus and they can't have it and they may not feel sick uh and usually the virus in in animals and when i said animals all type of animals uh, mammalians, uh, exactly, but all type, dogs, uh, cats, um, pigs, monkeys, uh, uh, camels, uh, bats, uh, which is one of the large uh, animals that we have in earth, they, they have this in, in them and they may not be sick and they just, you know, replicate and, and, and have them. Usually, this virus doesn't jump from animals to human, but it has happened and it has happened for years. So this is what we call zoonosis. Zoonosis is that you have animals uh, that uh, can transmit to you certain infection. And we have many of them, and this is one of them. And, and we were expecting this to happen actually, because we've seen this as a cycle. Um, as an infectious disease, that's one of the reasons I did it because I like new things and I like the high of new and the, um, the, the, the search of uh, what's going on, how this happened, the investigation, the search. Um, I, it fascinated me. And that, aside from my personal interest in infectious disease, I think uh, obviously um, it has caused death uh, 
but it's a very, very um, not lethal in the sense uh, that it's not as bad as the influenza virus. And I want to point that out, that uh, with influenza, the flu that we had, and everybody knows about it, people get vaccination or not, but we always had in the winter this influenza, and we had the pandemic of 2019, uh, 2009, the H1N1, which was a new um, a strain uh, of influenza. And, and the reason is that they, this virus mutate, and then the human doesn't recognize it. It's like, what, what is this virus? What, what, what is going on? And they don't have the antibody to attack it. Eventually, the humans create antibody and is able to fight it and, and quiet it down. But um, we always have these new things that comes. And actually, one of the worst epidemic that we had had in terms of respiratory virus, because the coronavirus is a respiratory virus, is from uh, is the, the, the Spanish flu epidemic, which actually killed more than the second, the first world war. And, and it happened in 1918 uh, and it caught everybody like by surprise. Uh, many people died from it. And it was really an epidemic of large, one of the worst pandemic that we had in, in, in the planet was the Spanish flu. So we have had this type of uh, epidemic, pandemic, if you wanna say, uh, what I think we need to learn is how we respond to it. And everyone has to have that responsibility and say, okay, if something is happening, how we, you know, deal with this? Because it's the nature give us this challenge in a way and is in all of us how we respond to it. So I'm, I'm going to let you uh, ask any question if you want. Uh, but I want to kind of uh, try to ease as much as possible this pandemic panic that hysteria. many people have about it. Yeah, it's like hysteria. It is. And, um, and the hysteria thing is responding to many things. One, um, mainly the media. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, you know, they always like the negative news and putting people in scare and like, you know, I'm not saying and I'm not want to be responsible and say, oh, don't want to pay attention. I think we have to pay attention. We need to know what's going on, uh, but don't react negatively with fear and with panic and going. And I've seen uh, people buying um, stocks of water, like that's going to prevent them. <laughs> or, uh, or because the water is going to be uh, not available. Mask, which is the worst thing they can do. Because we, we really need to have the mask when we have people with illness. Um, they're buying, um, you know, a, a bunch of stocks that are not the gel, the Purell, uh, the, the, the alcohol thing. And um, I think that's, that, that's not being responsible. And so I think that every one of us, has to be responsible and get the fact and the information. And, and, and that's important is to get a good information about what's going on, what's happening, and, and then act and do what the, it is appropriate. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you a question then, Maria. Uh -huh. So for those that have recovered and those that have not recovered, 
so far we've had more people recover so far, correct? 99%, even if you're old, which are the most vulnerable population, mm -hmm. people older than 80, older than 70, um, 99%, they have a cold. It's like, a, you know, they don't feel well. They can be coughing. They can be feeling, you know, usually doesn't cause running nose, uh, but they don't feel well and they have fever. A simple cold, 99% has survived, even elderly. I'm not disputing that they're death, but remember, it's of 100 people, one will die. Mm -hmm. And uh, could be uh, having a normal health condition, but guess what? That happened to anything. You can die from the flu. I, I, actually, 10,000 people had died in the United States already from the flu. And that's not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Every year, we have between 15,000 to even 30,000 every single year of the influenza. And I don't see people wearing masks all the time going around in the winter. Mm -hmm. You exactly. don't do that. And so... Uh, right now I just came back from a trip and everybody in the airport was wearing masks and I'm like, that is not really uh, what they need to do. Especially when you wear a mask, you're manipulating all the time this area because you have to fix it, you have to go. And that's what exactly when you contaminate. You contaminate yourself with coronavirus, this new virus, from the hand to your eyes, to your nose or to your mouth. Mm -hmm. From touching some surface that has droplet, the tiny, tiny bit of, uh, uh, when you sneeze, you have a little, uh, you know, um, saliva or, or respiratory secretion, they're called droplet. But, and so they, they, you sneeze and then it tends to, to, to drop down to the surface. And then you come and you touch that surface and inadvertently or not, you touch your nose, your feet, and that's when you get infected. And so you have to be, you know, cautious and just watch your hand. It's the most important thing is watch your hand. Yeah. Um, and if you take care of somebody who is ill, like nurses, uh, you know, healthcare workers, those are the ones who has to wear. And the patient is the one who has to wear mask. So if we start using all the resources unnecessary in panic, we're going to run out of, of supplies when we really need it. And that's what I think is, I, I want to alert people, say stop and buying a mask and uh, gloves and things like that, because that's not what is the most important. If somebody's sick, stay home, take, you know, your liquid, um, soup, broth, um, and, and just stay home and notify the school or your work or your doctor say, listen, I have fever. I, I feel I have the call because 99% you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. When would I say that? Okay, just go. If you start having really short of breath, not in a panic attack, it's just a really like, wow, I'm coughing and coughing. And now, you know, starting to have shorter breath. That's when you really should go and, and visit. I think uh, countries that are gonna do well are those who will test people at home. And when we create some kind of test that people can buy and, and test themselves, and that way they don't you know, spread it everywhere. 
And I, I believe I am very optimistic that the technology and people will create that type of uh, test where they can test it and they don't have to go to the emergency room. Like right now, they, you go to any emergency room and there are like lines and people, hysterical. And they have all the things. I tell you because I get that call all the time. And when I go and like, oh, you have this urine tract infection. Oh, you just have a really regular pneumonia. Oh, you just have... Um, the other day they were calling me and, and there was a stomach, um, uh, a gallbladder infection. And I'm like, why do they think they have coronavirus? This is a respiratory infection. Okay. So you have to have cough. You have to have, you know, mild uh, runny nose and sore throat, but um, maybe poor appetite and things like that. But 99% um, of the time you're going to do well. Wait. And that's where we needed to be. So we, we need to set it straight for everybody. So you're saying don't panic. No, don't panic. Because from what my perspective and what I see a lot of is a lot of panic, a lot of news headlines all over the place. And I think that coming from somebody who has marketing experience, you know, you have the experience of being an infectious doctor from the marketing end marketers are always looking for something to have someone to click on. Like somehow, some way they just want more traffic. They want to drive more traffic, more clicks, and that's them doing their job. And yeah. I think that unfortunately the media really thrives off of the panic. They thrive off of fear and they use that so that other people will, you know, want to feel like they are dependent on that source of news. I'm not saying the news is bad. I'm just saying that a lot of times they want your attention. And the best way to get your attention is if, you're, if, you, if you are in fear, if you feel like you need to go to that source to get the information so that, you know, you can stay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a perspective to everybody. Do you know that you have more chances of dying by taking your car and driving to work? There is more death in motor vehicle accident. And that is known. And people are, don't even think they grab the key and they just go. Again, I'm not trying to say that it, something is not happening. It is happening. Let's be responsible. And we can act responsibly with, number one, knowing the fact you have 99% chance that you're going to survive. Two, it's a very mild cold. Three, we're going to have it. It's going to be eventually somewhere. And actually, we need to see this virus because in that way, you can create uh, um, immunity. So don't be afraid of that. If you're fearful all the time, you're going to get it because the fear actually diminishes your immunity. You, you, you release cortisol, adrenaline, and th those, by fact, the stress cause your immunity to go down. So let's be responsible. You know, you can hear the news, but don't be conditioned to it. So one thing that I practice, and I think everyone, if we want to talk solutions now, when you wash your hands, so I'll say this, I travel a lot. Okay, Maria. So for business clients everywhere, have you ever been to an airport and see how people like when they go to the restroom, like 80% don't even wash their hands. So 
right there, that's a problem. So they carry one thing and then immediately they walk out, they touch in their face, immediately they touch in their food, immediately touch in everything else. So they're ingesting it, it's on the skin, it's everywhere, okay? So it's bound to spread. And so number one, like wash your hands like you said, but a good rule that I do is wash it where you say happy birthday twice. So it, as if you were gonna say it, so that, that covers like every single crevice, every single gap, every single finger to ensure like you're maximizing the efficiency that you're washing it properly, okay? On top of that, a good way to do it too is make sure, okay, if there's a door, you have some sort of something that's gonna touch the handle where you're not gonna take the clean hands, touch the door. If you know that you're gonna walk out, you know, be very cautious not to shake everybody's hand. Be cautious to, you know, take your own precautions. Be cautious of who handles your food. Be cautious of who handles everything that could literally poison you or can affect you and you've got to just take be a little more proactive in that way but so many people don't even wash their hands properly nowadays and they don't even get to happy and their hands are they, they claim their hands are washed and to me I think that's that's a that's the first problem right there so the number one prevention is exactly what you said hand hygiene is the most important thing that anybody is not wearing a mask is watching your hands Watch your hand and there is, yes, there is some Purell there that has to be 60% alcohol and you can do a hand, uh, I mean, if, if people ran out of that, which I doubt it, uh, even soap and water, you don't need to have this uh, gel, soap and water, the simple thing, but you're absolutely right. Especially if you're, you know, dealing with other people, if you have to take care of your kids, which, you know, many mothers or, or father has to deal with their secretion and do that, watch your hand. Um, and, uh, and, and dealing with uh, other people's, you know, if you have parents that you need to take care of them, watch your hand. That's the most important thing. And it's just like in a restaurant. Have you ever been to a restaurant that says all employees must wash their hands before use, right? Everything, because they know this is how it's transferred. And exactly. what people don't realize, and I'll share this with you. So in the Chinese, we believe in something called a zodiac. And in the zodiac, every time it comes to a metal rat year, that's when there's an infectious disease, specifically respiratory. And so we're in the metal rat year. And as soon as it hit metal rat, what happened to oh, all of a sudden, respiratory disease starts spreading. Wow. And what spreads faster than all the other animals, not the rat? Yes. Wow. Ah, yes. so people don't think about that. And so medicine just sees things as a physical point of view, but I view things from a metaphysical point of view that manifests into a physical form. And then if we don't take the necessary precautions, those things then become misfortune. Those things then become our greatest enemy, sometimes even a curse. And so for a lot of us, if we want to have more fortune, we have to learn to align ourselves with the current, align ourselves with the stream and stop going against it. And so one of the things I would highly recommend, and since you're on, I want to hear your take, Maria. So everyone knows technically where it came from, a so-called wet market, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things in that wet market, if people don't realize, were a lot of what we call exotic type animals or, or, or mm -hmm. like what they call rare species, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens when you take the life of all those rare species and you've taken a grand amount of it? What do you think nature and the universe and Mother Nature is going to say when something, there's a big disparity and something is being abused and something is being wrong? there's always a, a payback, there's always a bite back, there's always retribution. 
And so because of all those people, they were hurting all these animals, taking them for all of their carcasses and flesh. What do you think happened now? Then those people have to be punished for the wrongs that they have done. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, uh, that's exactly right. Apparently, um, there was a market in in this town, uh, Wahoo, I think is how you pronounce Uh it. Uh Uh-huh, Wuhan that um, they had to close it because the epi- epicenter of this epidemic happened there because they were eating some exotic animals, you're right, including bats, you know? Um, and so that, that created really a pool of all this. And what happened is that this virus has no reproof. So when they misspell the, the RNA, they, don't, they just made a mistake. And then so that's how apparently they jump from the animal to the human, which has happened in the past. Many there's many speculation and and all oh, this is a man-made created to destroy the thing. Uh, you know, I think that we always had, even before we knew how to to manipulate the the genetic thing, is always has happened that this mistake at some point jumped. Um, maybe there is some mystical thing or not. I don't know. But in any case, I mean, this pool of all this coronavirus may have really created the opportunity to jump into the human and cause this. And, and beside that, there is sometimes, and, and I'm not trying to be critical of any country or anything like that, but many people say, why are you always in China? It's because they have this market. I mean, apparently and you correct me, that they like to, to kill the animal there where they buy it. And so they have all these, these animals in a very small place and they say, okay, I want that chicken or I want this one. And, you know, and sometimes they have to even kill a lot of chicken when they know there is an avian flu. And so in, in, in a way, it's not a healthy way to, you know, to have uh, our food coming from those environments. But that's how it happened. Well, I think the solution is clear. So we thank you, Maria, for sharing that solution, which is take precaution, wash your hands, don't panic, get your information from the right sources. I think those things are all relevant. And I think we can also apply those things to other areas of our life, like taking prevention. I mean, you shouldn't necessarily wait for a problem in order to scramble and try to find a solution as quick as possible and i think something that herman has shared and and herman thank you for the the mind-blowing moment that always tends to happen when you connect the spiritual world to the physical world i think that that's a connection that a lot of people don't necessarily understand it's not something you can just google and find the answer so we thank you for that we thank you for those answers and I think to, to transition, like, I know a lot of the viewers are going to be wondering, okay, like, Maria, how did you find out about Herman? How did you, like, what, what's your story? What's your background? How did you find Herman? And, and what's your experience been like so far working with Herman? I know you work with him on a, on a personal level, on a one-to-one mentorship basis. So let us in on a little bit of those details. Well, um, I think I met him uh, through some of the personal development uh, um, places and uh, I recognize him um, as somebody special. I don't know, um, he had something that it, it, uh, I, I was uh, interested in to get to know him. Uh, I didn't have an opportunity at those times to have one-to-one. I know some people had the opportunity and they were talking about 
oh, you have to meet this guy. You have to meet him. But I didn't have a chance at that moment. And then I follow him on the videos and things like that until I was able to connect with him. And um, just by listening to the uh, his messages, uh, it really uh, resonated uh, big, big in, in me. Uh, and I, I am very uh, grateful that, he, that I'm working one-to-one with him because I think everybody has to improve uh, in many personal levels. And uh, obviously I, I had that in me that I like to kind of uh, be better uh, to serve other better. Um, so um, I, again, I think these type of videos uh, are very um, instrumental, uh, accessible in either YouTube or in Instagram. Uh, and I, I love his messages and uh, and definitely he has that uh, wisdom that comes from somewhere uh, that I, I want to emulate in a way. Absolutely. So when actually was your very first call with Herman? Hmm. I think uh, through uh, a uh, Skype or uh, Zoom. Um, there was an advertising and I just jumped into it and uh, I, I requested to have one-to-one and, um, and so I, I got to star. And then you invited me to one of the, the uh, programs, the Inner Circle, and it's, uh, I'm still watching and, and slowly because I have to, to watch them many times. Um, they're really good. And so I, I believe that repetition is uh, the way of uh, education at least that's how I learn um, maybe I'm not too wise to just listen once and learn everything so um, I'm trying to listen in uh, many times to really grasp all the things but I'm a little bit uh, halfway of all the videos and, and trying to capture all the wisdoms on it yeah Herman goes through a lot on those inner circle calls yeah um, I, I like the one that um, I'm right now in the part that he said, uh, try, I'm going to try this, you know, the try is never, never happen. And so try to eliminate the try and just do it, you know, where we have to do it. So um, not to mention all the other core elements, uh, honor, you know, um, integrity, honesty, compassion, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's powerful how important your words are. I was in a, a group chat yesterday with Herman and someone like we were talking about getting on a call and someone said, I'm free. And then Herman said, no, you're available. Like pay attention yeah. to the words that you say. Like yeah. if you just say you're free, like you have to understand your worth. You have to know your worth. So it's those little things sometimes yeah. like that, that yeah. are really so important that we capture that we take an accounting for that we apply in our life and and it's true and um just to go back to the coronavirus i think like every crisis there is an opportunity i think there's a chinese uh, word for that and and this is uh again another opportunity that we all can uh, as a human species uh in a community and uh, learn from from this and I think compared with other epidemic that I had lived and I'm old enough to remember the HIV epidemic, the, uh, the hantavirus, the uh, H1N1, et cetera, et cetera. We, we're come along pretty, um, 
we have learned from each one of that. Um, still not to the point that scare, you know, people like to scare you and, and make you feel like uh, it's going to happen to you and you're going to die. And that's how people feel, you know. But um, the, um, the thing I, I think we, we have to learn is that we are all connected. Guess what? You know, even if you're in China, you, we are all connected, no in the physical realm, but we, we have to have the compassion and help each other in, in trying to resolve this epidemic. And, um, and that's how I see it, an opportunity where we can really learn and pass the good uh, things to everybody and maybe learn that the way we eat or the way we handle things uh, should be improving, like, you know, hand hygiene. Uh, what you eat is matters, how you have your environment, the hygiene of um, the animals, where if you happen to eat animals and uh, what type of food do you eat and, you know, all these things, we, we need to take it as an opportunity to learn. One thing I think we should all learn, and I've seen a lot of people do it the wrong way, is when they have this epidemic or they have a crisis, they separate. They think they need to be individualized. They think they need to do everything on a lonely island, but that's not the that's not the right way. It should be where we come together even stronger to say, you know what? Let's focus on this together. More minds are better than one, and let's conquer it together. Let's conquer something that will never own us, that will never control us. Okay. Well, we definitely thank you coming on and sharing with everybody some knowledge that we can all take and apply. And as we wrap things up. I want to ask you just a couple of quick questions. We'll call it like a lightning round. And these questions aren't prepared. So Herman, if you want to throw one in, but I just really want our viewers to really just get a better sense of yourself and, and just understand you and connect with you. So first question that I want to ask you is if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Uh, the, false, the false perspective that we are separated uh, and that we are, are all connected and we are all, um, I, I think it's, and, and it's gonna sound a little cheesy thing, but I, I'm becoming more aware of love and the power of love in the sense that um, when you see in, in the other yourself and how, and the compassion that you have to have about any issue. Let's say somebody come to me, which is my big issue. If you come to me and you treat me bad, I'm working on that. I, I, I feel like, oh, I wanna, you know, I wanna um, uh, punch back. But I have to understand that that person is coming from a, uh, some kind of a trauma itself uh, that is responding to me and I'm just a mirror for them. But I should be compassionate that something really bad is happening on him instead of taking it personal. Um, and, and it's all about elevating that awareness or conscious that, uh, that we are love, uh, you know, and, and each one of us has to bring that up and become more aware of that. So I think love is, is the most important thing, that we are all connected Thanks. through love, actually. Thanks for sharing. Next question most special moment that you've had with Herman? Breakthrough moment. Uh, oh, um, when he um, was able to really read me 
um, deeply in the sense of uh, um, getting to know my weakness and my strength uh, in one of the one-to-one -one that I had with him. And he opened my eyes to really see myself in a much more honest way. Um, uh, and, and also maybe um, trying to make me slow, not slow down, but make me aware that don't chase that that is already in you. Just come down. It's in you. And so th those were the things that I remember. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Herman, did you have any last questions? No, I think we covered a lot in this. And I just think that if everybody wants more information, click the link below. It will take you directly to where we can get more of that information of how you can protect yourself and protect those you care about. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Maria, again, for joining us. And we want to hear what your thoughts are. We want to hear your feedback. So feel free to leave a comment below. And let's continue the conversation. And if you haven't already, be sure to like and subscribe so you can always stay tuned to these episodes. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. Bye-bye.